board engagement from a board member's perspective. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Jessica Weaver. Jessica is the founder and principal of Weaver Philanthropic Strategies, a national nonprofit leadership and fundraising consulting company. And Jessica also has served on several boards. And so she's helping nonprofits with board engagement, but for herself personally, has seen what works and what does not as we recruit and engage our board members overall and to increase our nonprofits fundraising. Jessica, great to have you with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. And so as you have served on boards, you have been recruited. People have given you orientation. What has worked and what has not? Sure. I think um, one way for me is I don't like surprises. I do if it's my birthday, but I don't <laughs> if it has to do with work or with volunteering. And so I think from the standpoint of really making sure that we are setting expectations at the forefront of the relationship. So whatever that looks like, and it can look very differently for many different organizations, but I think really understanding what is it that we need from a board member and being able to really be um, outline what that is at the beginning. So any type of paperwork that you can give me, any type of roles and responsibilities or job description, if there's a fundraising responsibility, which I hope that there is, that that is talked about at the beginning. Um, so really trying to outline what it is that you need from me from the get-go, I think is always the best way to hook me in. And I think also having an idea about who I am and how do I fit into your puzzle? So what are my characteristics or the value that I am bringing to the table that specifically is the right fit at the right time for that organization? I really love to hear that story. Um, and it allows me to see, is that really the role that I want to be playing for the organization? So again, just helping me set those expectations. Jessica, you mentioned the importance of expectations and, and not being surprised. What advice do you have for the nonprofit leader who says, well, Jessica is so busy leading her company and of course has family responsibilities and her hobbies and wants that life work balance. Surely I can't be too strong with expectations. I need to be deferential and, and maybe not come across too strongly. What advice would you have for a nonprofit leader who might have that mindset? I think for me specifically, I am not going to be happy and the relationship is not going to be productive unless I know exactly what it is that you need from me. So I am never, it should be my, it should be my job to tell you I'm too busy. I don't think it should be your job to assume that I am too busy. And so if you can really outline what it is that you need, then I can make sure that it's going to fit into my life in an appropriate way. And so that can look a lot of different ways. And there are different um, ways that I can fit different types of work into my life. And if it's something that I'm completely passionate about and excited about, then I'll make that happen. But that's my job. That's my job to choose whether or not I can make it fit. And also to touch on and amplify a point you made in your initial comment, where does fundraising fit into this? As people are communicating their expectations to you as a prospective board member, you know, what are you hoping to hear about donating and fundraising as part of your board responsibilities? Sure. Because I do this for a job, um, there are a couple of different things that I love to hear when I am actually being recruited as a board member also. And that is, I believe that fundraising is the responsibility of every single board. Now, I know that some boards have more governance roles and responsibilities than they do fundraising. But I think um, always having fundraising at the forefront of what it is that we need to be doing is critical. I know that as a board member. So I love to hear that person who is recruiting me also have that same sense. 
So from the standpoint of, I believe in the give and get, I believe that we all personally need to support the organizations of which we are leaders of. And I believe we also have to then be available to help in the fundraising process. So it's not an or, it's not all of those things that it can be. It's not complicated, but I think it is, we do need to give and get as board members. So if I hear that across the table when I'm being recruited, then it makes me think that we're on the same page. Jessica, the conjunction that you emphasize, not give or get, but give and get. And that's something we hear a lot about uh, from our participants at the fundraising school is they may have some board members who say, well, look, I'm already giving my time. I'm already giving my expertise. And so I will go get, you know, donations from others. What type of reply would you suggest that they make in return to those well-intended board members who we still want to make a personal gift from their own wealth? Well, again, I think that this has to do with expectations. So if we've done our job at the forefront to say that it's a give and get and what that can look like. So what is a give? What is the appropriate give for each board member? That's an important conversation to have. Culturally, each organization has a different level of giving or a different way of approaching what that give can be. And so I think being, again, being able to set up what that expectation is ahead of time. And then the get, how do you participate in fundraising? As we know, as fundraising professionals, there are a lot of different ways that we can engage board members in the fundraising process. And so what am I going to be best utilized for? So if I can be having those conversations at the beginning, then hopefully I'm not having to reset those expectations midway through my service on that board. But if somebody were to push back on me and say, I do one or the other, or I'm uncomfortable in one or the other, then I think from my perspective, I would really try to encourage them on how we can participate in both ways, very appropriately, no matter what socioeconomic position anyone is in. And we're talking about the importance of expectations up front. And of course, at the fundraising school, we're talking a lot about fundraising and board members. How important is it though to communicate all the expectations to board members at the fundraising school, uh, you know, based on the work of board source, we teach that there are nine responsibilities of board members. One is donating and, and fundraising. Because uh, sometimes board members can say, oh, they're coming after my wallet. They're coming after my credit card. You know, how can we communicate fundraising as part of all of the responsibilities to help board members see the total big picture? Absolutely. Well, and I, I believe that fundraising is a consequence usually a positive consequence of us actually doing the other eight or nine roles and responsibilities. So I think that fundraising is a lot easier to one, be a part of and to engage in if we're actually doing our other roles. So of course, it's critical to talk about what those roles and responsibilities are. And depending upon what framework you're using for those roles and responsibilities, I think it's really important that boards are engaging their board members in that training on a consistent basis. So of course, in orientation, it's always really important to talk about what is it in terms of really evaluating the CEO? What does that look like? What is our role in that? How do we do it from a process and procedural perspective on that board? Looking through all of them, what does advocating mean for us on our board? That can mean different things for different people. So really looking through all of the different ways that we do have roles and responsibilities. And then I do believe that fundraising is usually easier and a great consequence of being able to actually do the other work. That is so well said. Fundraising as a consequence of the other board responsibilities and provides the fuel and the energy for those other 
board responsibilities of overseeing the strategy, maintaining the mission, monitoring the program results, uh, as you mentioned, uh, overseeing you know the financial health of the organization, you know, holding the CEO accountable. If we want the CEO to be successful with fundraising, we need to help with fundraising and and donating. So it all ties in together. What about while you're on the board? So now you've heard these expectations, you've agreed to them, you're serving on the board. Uh, of course, you've agreed to come to meetings and serve on a committee. But overall, what, what advice do you have in terms of how do we keep you informed? How do we keep you engaged? What advice do you have for nonprofit leaders in that regard, Jessica? Sure. I think it goes beyond the meetings, right? So I think from the standpoint of meetings are where we do get some work done, for sure. But I think the relationship has to withstand outside of meeting time. And so for me, I am deeply connected to relationships. Relationships mean a lot to me. That is why I'm usually engaged is because I am connecting to the people who are there and we are working together for a common purpose. So for me to be really engaged and to stay really engaged, there are a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations. So as I you know, think through the different boards that I serve on currently, I love it when I'm getting a phone call. I love it when I get a phone call from the leadership, either board leadership or the staff leadership that says, We've got something coming up. We'd love your advice. We've got something up. We need your help. Um, very specific asks about what they need from me and when and how I can actually fit again into that puzzle of what it is that we're trying to accomplish as a group. So I think that it is, I, it's a reciprocal relationship for me. And being able to be deeply, deeply connected to a person is very, very helpful for me to stay engaged. And again, our, our board, sometimes they meet monthly, but oftentimes they're meeting every other month or perhaps quarterly. Uh, and you hear Jessica's advice there, staying in touch with our board members in between board meetings uh, is so helpful, whether it's personal meetings, electronic communication, inviting them to our programs and events, all of these different ways can help our board members stay informed and stay engaged. And you know, Jessica, some people are listening to or watching this podcast and they're saying, wow, all of that sounds great. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. How I wish I had done that. And now it's too late because I already have board members. I have veteran board members. And, you know, surely I can't start, you know, bringing these expectations to the table. I can't raise the level of expectation around fundraising and donating. I'm sure you've seen that with the clients of, uh, you know, Weaver Philanthropic Strategies. What advice do you have in that regard? Sure. I think for me, the best work that I've been able to do is when I have staff leadership, so the CEO or executive director and board leadership working in concert together to help change those expectations. So if we can have leadership that sees eye to eye from being able to reset how they're going to engage their board members, reset how they recruit board members and reset what those expectations are, it is much, much easier if we're coming at it as a team from both, from both leadership roles. There are times, however, when we have a board chair who is understanding the need for change and maybe the CEO is not necessarily on the same page. There's a lot of work that we can do to get on the same page. But I think moving forward, there is a need to make sure that the leadership comes together and really looking at how can we work together to change the expectations. Once we've done that, it's actually pretty easy to change. It's a pretty easy level setting conversation to have with a board. It can take time and it can be a process. But I think that as long as the board is in, in the role of learning why it's so important to have these expectations or to change the process in which we're working, then you can bring them along. And people love to be a part of something that they create. They love it. 
that is why we are involved in doing what we're doing is because we are part of creating good um, for the community. And so I think as long as you can tell that story, we can usually get people on board pretty quickly. Jessica, you're doing a wonderful job representing the viewpoint of the board member. When we think about, you know, changing board habits and behaviors, you know, transforming them to these levels of expectation that you're articulating so well, what role do you feel you have as a board member, if you're an early adopter to these changes, to communicate that to your peers? Or how do you feel if the CEO were to come to you and say, Jessica, would you please speak up at the next board meeting to emphasize you know, this new expectation that we might have. Do you feel that you have a role in that regard? I do. I think that, um, again, when boards come to me and ask me to serve um, in some capacity, it usually is in a governance capacity. That is my special sauce. And so when they are asking me to bring that to the table, then I know that that is my role. I know that that is why they wanted me on the board. So I do feel like that is my responsibility. We have already had that conversation about it being my responsibility. And so I think that I can help from a best practices perspective, utilizing the resources of not only the Lilly School, but looking at what board source has. So I have the ability to bring in some outside perspectives to the table to teach and to train and to coach um, boards through, even as a board member, which usually is the best position for me to be in as a peer. So as a peer perspective, I can bring my entire team along and that can be more effective than even me as a consultant um, or a staff member from that perspective. Jessica Weaver is the founder and principal of Weaver Philanthropic Strategies. And the advice that she's given us here today is actually captured. And, you know, Jessica, we didn't ask her to say these things. This is from her expertise. But these same themes are captured in the Fundraising School's content on board engagement and board engagement with fundraising. We have a module on board engagement in just about every single one of our courses. And we have an overall course on board engagement and fundraising uh, that we invite you to bring a board member to. Or in a custom training session, we can bring this training to your nonprofit, to your region, to your association. In fact, information about all of our public courses is available on our website along with our custom training. We also offer quarterly webinars and these free podcasts that come out each and every week. That website is philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producer today is Jennifer Boffman along with Mike Anthony. Our guest today is Jessica Weaver. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.